0: well I'm glad you're back <laughs> how do you know that it was Sunday yesterday does it seem like that to you it does it does to me she's going by in a blur just glad you're here now I didn't ask you brother Ron but is there children's things going on here for Wednesday night like I have a The teams okay <laughs> you heard him whenever I finish. It's my He's leaving. he don't care. You let him go ahead. <laughs> it's good to have Joycey with me tonight. <clears throat> she had a hard time getting out of that truck though. she got legs, you know she got short legs getting out of that truck wreck right was something else. Well, I want to try to express appreciation. It's always feels like a fall so short of knowing how to say thank you. Uh, Ron, thank you for your friendship and for the kindred spirit we've had. What little time we're together every two years. There's a kindred spirit because of Christ. There just is, and uh, I just even enjoy hearing you pray. You said uh, at the end, uh, God, may we just worship you. And that is what it's about. Preaching, singing, everything. It's about attributing worth to God and he is worthy, say amen, amen. he's worthy, and it's just, uh, I sense that in you, a genuine attributing to worth the Savior, and uh, can't help but love other people that love the Lord. Would you agree? It's like when your kids get married, if the kids they're marrying love your kids, you can't help but love them. It's the same thing with the Lord. When people love the Lord, you can't help but love them, it just and that's good. Uh, just your generosity here is uh goes above and beyond tonight i got a gift from you some of you don't know it i don't know is this from you ron or what it's called <clears throat> michigan awesome and, and if you open it up there's maple syrup in it Ooh. no you're not getting any okay <laughs> i'll show it to the side over here okay <laughs> It's got all kinds of just good stuff in it. So, and uh, I'm looking forward to, I know you will look forward to looking through it too. Can I hand it to Joyce? I don't trust Russ. He might steal it on me. Uh, That's awful kind. Um, A lot of times, well, we were in several churches this year already that I didn't know the pastor and I'm a new face there and uh, you don't know them and they don't know you and you're on eggshells for a while, I know I can come in here and lay an egg as a sermon and you'll still like me, you know what I mean? <laughs> you just that way, and I, I'm thankful for that. It's It uh, speaks well of you, and we've enjoyed being with you. We really do. And I could go down through other people and things. Uh, Rick, I don't know what all you did to my car, <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I will swap you even up for that truck. <laughs> it's a brand new truck. How many of you just like the smell? I, I've only had it happen one time in my life where I've had a new car. Just the smell of them are neat. So anyway, he's he been working on our car, and uh, just thank you. And like I say, if you're clumsy in knowing how to adequately express gratefulness to uh, preaching to you is fun. It's easy because you know the word and uh, you've been taught the Word of God, and you hold the Word of God in high regard, so I can use all the Scriptures I want, and you just say, bring it on. <laughs> that's the way I like to preach, and uh, that's a real joy for us. Our uh, Memory challenge. is so What I want to do tonight is have you say it with me, okay? I will say a phrase, and you say it right after me, okay? I'll say the reference, and then you repeat it. Ephesians five, fifteen, and 16. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Now, I don't know if you've looked at it any this week on your own, but I would encourage you to do that. I actually got a letter from a guy in Foosville, Illinois. Never heard of that place before. And he said that he had just heard me two weeks ago at a men's retreat, and he said about three years ago, I always challenge men to memorize scripture. He'd been a Christian for a number of years, like 20 years. And he said, I always thought about it, but I never did anything to it. Long story short, he said, I have just completed memorizing the book of Philippians and he said I said it to my wife with only a couple of helps now, how do you know that's pretty good and, I, and, and he said you already know I'm the better for it how do you know whenever you hide God's word in your heart you're the one that's the better for it and I thought oh that's just encouraging so part of the way I preach is I like to give memory challenges just a verse or two Now my wife struggles with scripture memory she can say verses if you can start them how of you are there? <laughs> if you start a verse she'll finish it for you because she, she's my sounding board. I, I, I quote my scripture to her. And, uh, and yet, for her to come up with a verse real quick, you know, how does it start? It's just difficult for her. I used to think, ah, oh, anybody can do that. how you know, for some people it's easier than it is for others. It just is. But it's profitable for everybody. Say amen to that, okay? It's just profitable. So I would just encourage you think about that verse. That's our verse for this year Lessons from the Life of Daniel. I chose more to focus on, or at least to consider Daniel and his inner man. You can jump into Daniel, and like I said, what is Daniel's defining moment? You know, and Daniel, and and everybody says lion's then They always think about that, and he's an older man then. And we spent a lot of time just looking at his moment in time because it is something we need to come to grips with. I didn't choose it. I didn't choose to be born... I didn't choose my parents. I didn't choose the place, the time, my gender, on and the, the, certain things. I just didn't have a choice in, but I can choose to redeem it. I can see that there's a sovereign God. Before I formed thee in the womb, I knew thee. Does that speak volumes to you or not? You're not an accident. None of us. We're here for a particular time, for a purpose, and it's to glorify, to get to know our Maker, to serve the Lord. Daniel didn't choose it, but boy, he sure did choose. To redeem it Um, his conscience I dare say you can hear a lot spoken about Daniel and why he made his appeal to Melzar the, the, the prince of the eunuchs that he wouldn't have to defile himself remember this from a heart to a heart if you're willing to get vulnerable let somebody know something that goes on between you and an unseen God and it's from your heart to them and you know there's risk involved in it, you have antennas go up from the heart of the person that's listening to you. And that's what he did with him, and, and when he did that, now God brought Daniel into favor and compassion with this man, and he went out of his way to make sure this guy wouldn't have to defile himself at the risk of his own life. He said, in fact, if we, if we were to continued on in chapter one, he goes on to explain, this is dangerous, you know. We're, we're working under a king that has absolute power. And he has appointed this food to you and told me to make sure you eat it. And now you've asked me to run a test with you and your friends that you don't have any fruits and vegetables and, and water? What at, what at the end of this little test, you look bad and he asked me why? You think I'm gonna lie? My head's on the line. You know, he, he's, because of that conscience issue, which is always nurture your conscience. A good and healthy conscience is a valuable resource in becoming a man or a woman of God. We took a look at that his defining moment I think was that moment in his life and it served him well, God just used this because of something going on him and God to bring him into favor with Air Rock, the king's captain of the guards with the king himself, this boy comes in, all of those kinds of things and we took a look, I've tried to take a look at those things I would have liked to have jumped into chapter three in the fiery furnace. How have you ever heard at least one good sermon on the fiery furnace? Okay, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, and that has come. my soul that's good stuff. I mean, when when they you know the whole here's uh, Nebuchadnezzar. After he has an encounter with Daniel, the boy and his God, and bows down and worships him, within about five, six years, he's building this image that was in his dream, and he's the head of gold, and he's putting the plane of Dura and commanding people from all over the world that he's conquered to come. And when the music sounds, you bow down and worship me. The guy's trying to be deity, and these three little Hebrew boys—can <laughs> you believe this? Everybody's bowing down. We ain't bowing down to this. We've already bowed the knee to the God of heaven, and we're not bound to that thing, okay? So he brings them in and gives them another opportunity and that kind of stuff, and they say to him, this be- their theology is just so good, and these are companions or friends of Daniel that they pray together and seek the God of heaven to, to guide them in this foreign land. Everything is different. Their names are different. Their diet is, all this kind of stuff is just so radically different. And they say, oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer the end of this matter. In other words, we already have, We knew this, we were coming to this, and we have already planned our response. That's what they're saying. We're not carefully answering end of this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us out of the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hands. But if he doesn't, that's good theology. Would you say amen to that? If he doesn't, he's able to, but if he doesn't, know this. We are not gonna serve your gods nor bow down to the image which you have set up and he goes into another one of his rage how do you think that Nebuchadnezzar had an anger problem anyone <laughs> to guess on that okay if you read this he's, he's going off the handle all the time because he has this power absolute power corrupts absolutely would you agree with this and then he goes in these moments of insanity and I'm going to hurry it up seven times hoping this is going to intimidate how do you know the normal temperature it would take to melt the metal to, that they cast at the, would probably be enough seven times hotter I'm trying to intimidate him, threaten him oh no not seven times hotter you know who cares <laughs> throw him that's a, that's a, I'd love to spend some time there, but we're not gonna spend any time there. Uh, chapter four, the great tree. You, any of you like that one? Oh, Daniel had to deliver a hard message to Nebuchadnezzar in that one, you know, because he was the tree and all this kind of stuff. And he says to him, at the end of it, he says, if you will break off, he, he's talking to the king, and says, if you will break off your sins, the guy who thinks he's deity, <laughs> If you will break off your sins by righteousness and start doing justice, in other words, he's on the take somewhere. There's corruption in the the big house. He said, if you start doing justice and show mercy to the poor, it may be that the God of heaven will lengthen your tranquility. He'll give you a little bit longer to live and the, the troubles won't start coming to you. Twelve months later, he's in his palace, looks over there, look at this great Babylon that I built with my own hands, for my own glory. While the words were still in his mouth, a voice from heaven said, Oh, yeah, why don't you go out and eat grass for seven years? We'll pick up the narrative then. That's a loose translation, but it's close, okay? <laughs> and you know that, that there's some good preaching in this. By the way, at the end of that, O Nebuchadnezzar is not quite the same man. He makes confession that's not about Daniel's God, but about the God of heaven. I wonder, you kind of wonder, I think you even said that, I wonder if we're gonna see that guy in heaven because of this experience in his life. Daniel chapter six, by the way, the fall takes place. Uh, Daniel chapter five is the handwriting on the wall. Many, many, tekel Upharsin, Thou art weighing the balance. This night, the kingdom's gonna be ripped out of your hand. While he's telling him this, the Persians, the Medes, they're coming under the wall and conquering the city right at this moment. Daniel chapter 6, Daniel in the lion's den. He's an old man when this happens. Babylonian empire has fallen. Darius is on the throne. God has showed Daniel compassion and favor with Darius, a king. And his advisors dupe him because they're jealous and are saying all manner of evil against Daniel falsely and trying to find something. I right. said, so we can't find anything wrong with the guy's life. He's above reproach. Let's find something wrong with his religion. So they duped him in and nobody can pray to you for 30 days. If they do, they go to the lion's Then He signs it in the law and He just gets suckered into this, which tells me world-class leaders can be suckered into stupid things. Please say amen to that. Would you agree with that? I mean, just look over history and those kind of things. And he can't sleep that night he didn't want anybody no music I don't want any food leave me alone and he has some serious thoughts in his heart real early he goes down and he said you know what old Daniel his God's been he's been in favor with his God for, it just may be that he'll deliver him from the lions And he went down there and sure enough he had been delivered and <clears throat> without spending too much time here, because we're just about ready to jump into the last six chapters. And those are hard chapters. Those are the chapters that I, 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 still a lot of mystery to this. I'm studying things in there and trying to figure out them horns and goats and rams. And After a while, what's the message? And have you ever read some things in Daniel or Revelation and scratch your head like, I know God knows what he's talking about, but I'm not real sure on all these things. And I think there can be a lot understood, but it's still a lot of difficult things. And we're going to try to fly high over that, still focusing upon the man Daniel, his response to the visions that he gets. When God begins to open up his heart and mind, his cogitations, he sees things, and he, has, he struggles with it. Daniel himself, as he pens, and he's an old man penning these visions. And then you get to the last three, and you got the first three more focus on the Gentile nations, and then you've got uh, his people, Israel. Israel, those people. I'll make this comment now. I hope, it's a, I hope this is a good place to say it. Daniel, when he is taken out of the lion's den... I think because of what we're going to see tonight, I can say this with some measure of confidence that Daniel did not want his persecutors thrown into the lion's den. I don't think he wanted that. Because the heart of God is, say so we're supposed to bless those who curse you. I mean, you know, New Testament Old Testament do not conflict with each other. It's the same God. And I think he was praying and even would um, intercede. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar said, it's okay. I understand why they did this. You know, I'm mean? a Hebrew. They're <laughs> Persians. you know, just, he said, no. He said, they made a fool out of me to do this, to pray to me as though I were divine or something. He said, they're going, the law's been signed. Well, they've, they're going to the lion's den. And I think he probably prayed for God to be merciful to him when he saw the king is going to throw him in because kids, family, wives, everybody's going to the lion's den. And it says, he, I, I think he prayed for them that God would just be merciful. How do you know a quick death is merciful? And it said before they hit the bottom, the, the lions had attacked. They're just like in a feeding frenzy. They're just killing, killing, killing. And we got more than just a couple people. people. is a lot of people going over in the lion's den and i believe he he really did not want them i remember i've always thought good i'm glad they're getting what they deserve and <laughs> it's like god said aren't you glad you don't get what you deserve okay have you know blessed of the merciful say amen to that you and there needs to be more of that i i think i think that daniel because of his walk with god he was quicker for mercy than he was for justice he was he was just quick to to mer- be merciful so anyway well if you have your bibles why don't you turn to daniel chapter 7 because we're going to take a look at a few verses daniel chapter 7 and let's see i'm going to read 9 daniel chapter 7 verses 9 through 12 to kind of get us going in this oh before we do this i want to make these comments i almost did this i almost took a look at some of Daniel's prayer life that's recorded in these last six chapters. You've got the first six chapters, now you're going to the second six chapters. Because Daniel, you already know from a young boy, he said, let's um, beseech, let's pray to the God of heaven that he would pray, show us mercy and reveal to us the dreams." So you know he's already a praying man as a young boy. Um, you'll see a little bit later on that Daniel prays. For God to reveal to him a vision of the great tree, in other words, he just becomes a man of prayer. You see a lot of his prayer life. He's a prophet that prays and confesses his sin. I think it's Daniel chapter nine. I even know that prophets have a gift or a an ability to see sin. They do. In fact, a lot of their ministry is pointing out sin, the sin of people, and how to deal with it. A prophet can do that. But how, you know, a godly prophet also sees his own sin, not just a prophet. It's easy to be, a prophet can, I have 20-20 vision on other people's sin and blind to my own. Any of you ever follow that? That's some of the prophet in me, That some of the, I can see sin, that's wrong. No question, there ain't no gray areas, this is right and wrong, Okay. But I'll miss the very thing I'm pointing at somebody else in in my own life. Godly prophets, it says that Daniel confessed his sin and the sins of his fathers. Why we ended up in Babylon. He's confessing these sins. That's a powerful thing. You start looking at his life. He knew about spiritual warfare and prayer. He began to pray and ask God. Okay, he had a routine prayer life that got him into the lion's den because it says, as was his custom, he would open his windows to face toward Jerusalem, and he would pray three times a day. He would kneel. His posture was significant. There, there's a lot of things significant about Daniel's prayer life that we could learn from. David said, at evening and morning and at noon, will I pray and cry aloud? Because the Jewish day starts in the evening, okay? At evening and at morning and at noon, will I pray and cry aloud unto thee? It is good for us to have a time in which we're going to pray. Now, Joyce and I in the last two years have our morning time Okay, this morning's prayer time we did in about fifty minutes. It's a shorter day, okay, of things to pray for, and we have lists of prayers, things. This is nothing more than Daniel's obedience to Solomon's command. If you are ever taken into captivity, face Jerusalem. And pray for God to return the exiles, to bring them back to their land, because God gave them that land. And I got news, you're not going to obey God. He's going to judge you. You're going to be scattered to ten northern tribes. Assyria did that to them. Now Babylon comes over, conquers Judah. He says, pray. And Daniel is just being obedient. Can I tell you something? Those three prayers a day probably were not real revved up with emotion and stuff. They were clinical, and they were obedient to God. Oh, God, please return us to our land. And he just prayed. It wasn't mindless chanting. This is praying the same thing again. It is okay to pray for the same thing again and again. And just keep praying. And be faithful. Continue in prayer. You can't continue in something you haven't begun. So you say, I'm going to set my sails. I'm gonna, this is going to be a prayer target for me. Oh, I wish I had time to share some other thoughts about that. But I, don't, I, 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 I wasn't going to do that. And then the, the warfare praying the prince of Persia withstood him, it said. And God said to him, I, I, the, day, the first day you prayed, the answer was on the way. But somehow, this demonic principality. Hi, if you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, would you agree with this? Our prayer life, we enter into something that we cannot see. And it, we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness. This is where you think the rulers of darkness aren't having a heyday in Babylon with all the pagan worship and all these kinds of things? He says, the answer was on the way the very first, but it took 21 days, and finally, was it Michael that came and wrestled? And finally. Okay, let's jump that in the New Testament. First Thessalonians 2 and about verse 18. Paul said, For we would have come to you, I, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Now, my KJ says hindered. If you have an NAS, NIV, a New King, if you have any other translation, they will render that word more accurately and properly. It says, this is the Apostle Paul who writes on spiritual warfare. And he said, I wanted to go to Thessalonica to minister to you, to be an encouragement, to give you some spiritual gifts and these kinds of things. He said, but Satan stopped me. Can he do that to people like you and I? I think he can. You, by the way, how of you know if you you intend to serve the Lord, you can expect opposition. Would you say amen to that? If you end, I want to do this. You think I don't face spiritual? You don't think you face? It's that arena that we don't see. And because we don't see it, we're so stinking Freudian. If we can't see it, hear it, feel it, taste it, it It don't exist, baloney. There's an unseen realm out there that only prayer can work in. Because I'm no match for Satan, but he's no match for my Savior. And when we pray, Daniel had a powerful prayer life. I was going to speak on that too, but I'm not going to. Are you in Daniel chapter 7 yet? I've been waiting for you. All right. Verse 9, I beheld, till the thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and his hair of his head was pure wolves. Does that sound remotely familiar? Have you read Revelations? <laughs> okay same God his throne was like a fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire and fire stream issued and came forth from before him a thousand thousands ministered unto him and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him the judgment was set and the books were opened those of you who know your Bible know this is this is the forerunner to John and Patmos I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spoke, I beheld even till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flames. As for the rest of the beast, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. That's kind of stage setting. Now, uh, we're not going to read a lot of this. This gives you a feel for it. Those of you who know your Bibles know that Daniel is going to be in and out of the Olivet Discourse and in and out of the book of Revelations. It's just, this is the Old Testament before the church age. It's talking about something that's coming in our age, ten toes. When the stone comes out, by the way, last night, I don't even know if I said this, the stone to the Jews is the st- the stone which the built he's christ the stone which the builders rejected to the church he's the foundation upon which apostles and prophets are built christ jesus himself being the chief cornerstone to the nation of israel and to the nations he's cut out of israel god did it without hands nobody helped god with his plan would you agree jesus was all god's idea say amen to that would you agree with that no no voting on it or anything would you agree god just said this was going to be and he promised about i'm going to give you a sign a virgin going to conceive, going to bear a son, and you go all the way back to the garden, the promise of enmity between the seeds, okay, and Jesus was all God's idea. He is the stone cut out of Israel. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, the whole, David, oh, man, I'm going to try this verse right now. I'm working on this one. David, I tried to say it to you on Sunday. I'll try it again, okay. 2 Samuel. 7, 23, and 24, here's what, he, let me give you the scene, this ain't my notes, I'm sorry, I'm taking this out of your time, here we go, Second Samuel 7, 23, and 24 says this, David, I'll, I'll set the scene for you, David says to Nathan the prophet, I'm living in a palace of cedar and the ark of God lives in tents said I'm going to build him a house Nathan says do all that's in your heart don't pray Nathan here's a, a prophet of God the one who says thou art the man I mean this is a prophet of God he don't even pray I had to do everything that's in your heart why? he looks at David and say, David you're doing everything right right now this isn't the Bathsheba scene this is David walking with God he has a heart to want to do something for God that ought to be in all of us and he says do all that's in your heart that night God says to Nathan "says Well, now you tell him what I want him to do not what you want him to do Tell him you can't build a house for me, but I'm going to build a house for him. And it's going to last forever. How I many of you know he's talking about the kingdom? The King Jesus. He's talking to him. And here's what he says to him. <clears throat> oh. Hi, if you are glad and you can't remember how it starts? It's still written down someplace. <clears throat> and what one nation in the earth is like unto thy people, even like Israel. Mm even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself. I can't see it right now. This is going to be on my screen in my mind here pretty soon. What do you mean? For a people to himself. Hmm? To make him a name this is what God's going to do with the nation of Israel he's going to make him a name one word to prove, prove the divine origin of this book is Israel that's all you got to do just say Israel this book is true off the charts as far as there's probability doesn't even come close it's just that there's no, not enough numbers to say all these prophecies w- would come true with concerning these people, Israel makes the book divine no, no, book, no people, no computer can come up with that kind of probabilities I'm just going to read it to you I can't um, and to do great things and awe-inspiring for the land before thy people which thou redeemest to thee from Egypt from the nations and their gods for thou hast confirmed to thyself thy people Israel to be a people unto thee forever forever drum roll that the church don't replace Israel amen Tom thank you brother <laughs> amen that's floating out there it's not true If we can't trust the promises he made to Israel, we can't trust the promise he made to the church. He's made them here. We can't do this. He said to Israel, to be a people unto thee forever and thou, Lord, you're going to be their God. That's the stone that's coming. It's going to make the kingdoms of this world come tumbling down. You know what he's going to do in Israel? He's going to touch down his foot and he's going to rule and reign in the holy city that he promised David he would do for a thousand years and Satan's going to be bound. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. This isn't not really part of the message either. Listen, keep on. How do you know big things are coming, folks? Big things, God things. Stuff that he talked about to Daniel. That Jesus talked in the Olivet Discourse to His disciples. That John was revealed to it, the Patmos. It's coming. It's called the Day of Judgment. Judgment Day is coming. And prophets had to speak about it, and nobody liked their sermons. You want to know how I can prove that? Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou who killest the prophets and stonest those that are sent unto thee, how many times I would have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chicks, and you would not. You would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Remember what was happened When Zechariah was taken in chains after they killed all of his sons, to Babylon, Israel was left desolate. It was desolate until May 14, 1948. One month from today, they will celebrate their 70 years. I didn't choose my time to be born, but I'm glad I'm born in that time. Daniel got to see the returning exiles go back to Jerusalem to build the house again. He got to see that before he died. Ha. Keep your eyes on Israel. And lift up your eyes. Our redemption is drawing nigh. I've got to get to this message. <coughs> now that we've waited through the introduction, <coughs> here we go. I'm going to eliminate that. Okay? Daniel. When Daniel is seeing glimpses of, okay, what is he seeing glimpses of? Okay, well, let me just continue with Matthew 23. i I'll go to Matthew 24. <clears throat> and Jesus departed and went out of the temple, by the way, I wanted to say this and see how it sounds. Marsha, you're the one that taught me how to say this. Jesus said, you will not see me henceforth until you shall say unto me, Baruch HaBabishem Adonai. Close? Good, okay. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord blessed is he who comes that's going to be said one of these days for Jesus okay and Jesus departed and went out of the temple the disciples went with him and they began to show him the buildings of the temple now this is Herod's temple it's not Solomon's temple but it is breathtaking it is breathtaking 26 acre temple mount this no dome of the rock there this is the temple there Jesus used to teach in the colonnade, Solomon's colonnade there. It is just breathtaking, beautiful. And the disciples are saying, boys, look at the buildings. And Jesus looks at them and said, I'm going to tell you something, boys. The day is coming that there will not be one stone left upon another that will not be thrown down. Can you imagine saying that to a Jew? This is the place where God dwells and he takes him out to the Mount of Olives and sits down and Jesus sat upon the Mount of Olives and his disciples came unto him privately saying when shall these things be? they didn't doubt him that baby is going down when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the age? and Jesus said to them take heed that no man deceive you for many shall come in my name saying I am Christ and deceive many and you should hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. Church of God, see that we are not troubled when we see our world falling apart. It is falling into place. Don't be troubled. It's going to be okay. I know the king is going to make sure everything's going to be OK. King Jesus, the one who the sign, the one we talked about last night, in Latin, Hebrew and Greek, that's the one. He's the king. King of kings and Lord of Lords. And he said to him, see that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. At one time I had the entire Olivet Discourse memorized. I love it every once in a while. I get revved up just thinking about, the, do you know what's about to happen when they said, when shall these things be, and what should be the sign of that coming? Do you know what Jesus is eventually going to quote? Daniel and gonna make a reference to the abomination of desolations recorded in the book of Daniel. Jesus acknowledged Daniel, Daniel is a real biblical figure and a true prophet of God and he quotes him and says, when you begin to see these things happen, look up. They're happening. Things are happening, the stage is being set. It, no, it is set. Now, <laughs> Lord, I really prepared these notes wanting to say what I'm going to say, okay? I don't know if I'll ever get there or not. By the way, how many of you know I'm enjoying this sermon whether anybody else is or not? Did you know that? So you can just sit there. I'm enjoying this enough for all of us, okay? Can I actually believe this? How many of you believe that Jesus is coming again? Yeah. Our hope of heaven is Jesus is coming. Yeah, i believe that when I see it. You sure will. Amen? For the unbelievers, it says, yeah, he's coming. There's going to be scoffers in the last day. Would you say amen to that? Knowing this first, that in the last days there shall come scoffers saying, yeah, right, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they are willingly the ignorant of. Nothing is the same. Do you realize the day we live in, there are more changes happening? I can remember my folks says, in my age said, oh, things have changed so much. <laughs> we were almost in low gear in my generation compared to the generation of today as far as change is happening. It is unbelievable. You want to know something? How are the eyes of the world going to see the prophets rise up into heaven, the two that are going to be killed in Jerusalem? Can I tell you something? You all have it with you. (laughs) Instant live stream. The world. It ain't going to happen, I guess. Let's just read verse 15 to try to get a feel for Daniel now. I want to get a feel for how Daniel's responding to the stuff he's seeing. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit, in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. Daniel didn't see this destruction and this judgment and yawn. It grieved him. You know what he's seeing? He's seeing God judge the Gentile nations. It troubles him. Why? He loves them people that he is serving the Lord to the Gentiles he's seen the Babylonians go down and God is showing them in a picture the Medo-Persian Empire the Greek Empire the horns you it. if we could go through and look at the rams and the horns coming up all the kind of stuff is talking about the different kingdoms the Roman Empire do you realize how God judges these nations <coughs> Psalms 2 even before Daniel Psalms 2 why do the nations rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and uh, the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying let us break their bands asunder. You know what the bands are? It's against the Lord and His anointed. What He had to say, how do you know that because of God and His influence through Christians, through believers, there is restraint against evil in the world? And what's the world saying? Let's take and throw it to the wind. We want our freedom. We want to do what we want to do. You know what that we is it's the total depraved nature of humanity and we don't want the restraints do you know when the church is taken out you don't want to be here without the restraining work of the church and the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers can you imagine a green light to hell that's what it would be hell can just show up on earth man because the restrainer's not here Whew. it grieves him look over here in verse let's read the, the last verse and I'm going to try to speed this up now here is the end of the matter, verse 28. This is Daniel's response to the things he's seen. And we're not going to read all those things. I mean, about the, Satan's blasphemy and all these kinds of things that are going on. Here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. I want to read this to you out of the New American Standard. It renders it much better. At this point, the revelation ended. As for me, Daniel... My thoughts were greatly alarming to me. And my face grew pale. But I kept the matter to myself. Check that out. My face grew pale. When something alarms you to the point the color drains out of your face, face, you usually are nauseous at the same time. We're going to see over here in just... In fact, let's go to chapter in this last verse 27 to continue God just keeps revealing to him what I'm going to do to this in my wrath Jesus excuse me David recorded that he who sits in the heavens shall laugh for the Lord shall have them in derision by the way the word derision means to speak unintelligibly people aren't going to be able to make any sense they won't even be able to communicate to one another what is happening to our world it says he shall vex them Bring terrors upon all of it discourse. Know this, that in these days there's going to be great tribulation, such as the world has never, excuse me, such as not has been from the beginning of the, in, from the beginning of the world, even until now, no nor ever shall be. This is the crescendo of God's judgment. There's never never been a time like this when God is gonna judge the nations and judge the world. And we don't wanna hear about it. I I, I don't wanna preach about it. Let's just keep thinking. Everything's gonna keep going on as usual knowing it can't keep going the way it's going. We are on a collision course with our maker. You can't keep doing this, what we're doing. You can't keep slaughtering children. You can't keep making a mockery, or trying to mock your genders, and your, your sexuality, and how God creates, and marriage, and I, I can remember all them things used to be sin, they're not sin anymore, not in our age, the things that we now don't even think, so, they're not sin anymore, they don't register, we, we did with that years ago, but I can remember as a kid, those things were preached against, but not now, collision course with God, and Daniel is alarmed at what God is about to do, because He has to do it. In order for God to remain holy, He cannot tolerate sin. That's why Jesus died on the cross and became sin for you and for me. That was the wrath of God on my sin, not His sin, on my sin. He poured, the chastisement for my peace was upon Him. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The Isaiah 53 stuff, if the Jews could just click that chapter into gear, they would turn to Christ, and one day they're going to they're gonna get it let me read verse 27 and I Daniel fainted literally says I was so exhausted I just had to sit down. was just the strength went out of me I fainted and was sick certain days afterwards I rose up and did the king's business six certain days I was a state trooper for almost 11 years I took six sick days and it was because I injured my eye. I was working on an old hinge, and I had a screwdriver. Of course, I was putting all my muscle on it, and the head shattered, and it shot right up. I went into this eye, and got metal into it, and I had to go and have some surgery. They still didn't get all that. So I got some junk in there now. <clears throat> but you got to be able to see to be a cop, okay? <coughs> you got to be able to see, okay? So they said, take the time off. You know something? I went to work sick. How many of you men and women have went to work sick? Come on, let's get it. You didn't tell you, uh, 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 there's a generation that didn't take sick days. My old dad was a shop worker, and he never missed work, and I guarantee you he went feeling rotten. Daniel, and by the way, that speaks something of your character. I actually feel some, I know this is almost antiquish, feel some obligation to my employer. Does that rock your world? <laughs> I think it's gone. But nonetheless, there was some measure. I, I guarantee you, Daniel had that work ethic. I'm going to work. i was supposed to do this today. And I, he said, I had to call in sick man. Why? Because he's just seeing what God's going to do. Daniel has a heart for people that's like God. Ezekiel says of God, for God, as, as the Lord liveth, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Did you know God does not want to judge like he's got to judge? How many of you know he sent messengers to warn and to tell us how to avoid? See, part of the ministry of a prophet is to say, this is wrong. This is how to deal with it. God didn't say, this is wrong. I can't wait till you make a mess, mess up. I'm gonna. That's not God. He is long-suffering. Say amen to that now he is merciful and patient and kind and loving and he's but there comes a time when God says I will suffer long but I will not suffer always I cannot do that I cannot change how many you are glad he cannot change because God couldn't love us if he were not just and holy and righteous and his judgment has to be based upon those qualities the holiness of God the righteousness of God We see we've made a God in our own image not the God of the Bible this is the one whom around the throne is angels, seraphims are going holy, holy, holy. That's the God that came into your life and mine when we believed that Jesus was a sacrifice for our sins and received him as our savior. See, this isn't something God wants to do and Daniel knows it and his heart is so, oh God, I know you gotta do it. But the people, and I'm sure he kinda kicked up the witnessing intensity i got to plead more. I've got to talk more. George Whitfield would give long invitations. He'd preach the gospel to the peasantry in both here and in England. And he would plead, and he said, if I didn't believe that God would do just what he said, judge sin, I wouldn't plead. But because I believe he will. I plead with you. What's holding you back? What's keeping you from coming to Christ? I think that's what Daniel is. By the way, I'm going to tell you right now, I confess I need more of that heart. I fear I'm too callous to look at people and think, be all right. I've got to be real careful with that. I need more of the heart of Daniel to be burdened for the lost. How you know, What is it, honey, you'd pray? We have a bunch of unequally yoked people that we're praying for. And the saved one doesn't care if the mate goes to hell. I mean, they've just walked away from the Lord. God would, only God can, from the devastation, what did you, what is that, do you remember, honey? I know you. Only God can keep them from the the judgment they will obviously. That's not the word. And when I hear you pray, it it strikes me. I go, it is. God's our own. Hi. This is deep. What is it? From the destruction. That's it. God, only you can keep them from the destruction that awaits them if they don't come to Christ? Only you. How do you know there's no plan B? We, we cannot say that Jesus is on the shelf to compete with all the other gods of this world. You can kind of, like a cafeteria, choose what you like and what you don't like. The God of the Bible is our only hope. Oh, you're narrow-minded. You think I'm narrow-minded? You ought to read this book. He is really narrow-minded. He is God alone. Say amen to that. Would you agree with that now? Thou and thou art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, and all their hosts, the earth and all that is in them, the sea and all that is in them, and thou preservest them all. And the host of heaven worshipeth thee, and this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and his Son Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Remember the former things of old, for thou art God, and there is none other. Thou art God, and there is none else. You do the end from the beginning, from the beginning to the end. You are God. There is no other God than the God of the Bible our only hope was in him God give us some of Daniel's heart some of that passion and compassion oh let me see turn to Revelation chapter 6 I don't know how to end this I've still got about that much left in my notes that I'm realizing oh man you've been ricocheting all over the place Daniel actually feels sick. I don't know if I've actually ever felt sick knowing that a person is on their way to hell without Jesus. I don't know if I've ever gotten nausea at the thought of them standing before God. I'm gonna stand before God in righteousness and in robes wrapped that are not my own but given to me by Jesus. And I'm confident. If if that's not it, I know I'm sunk. If Christ is not my only hope of salvation, then I am sunk. Because I put my faith in nothing else but Jesus. All my hope is in Him. Um, Revelation chapter 6 to give you another feel for this the fourth seal let me just read this chapter 6 verse 7 going through the seals now the seals and then they introduce the trumpets then the bowls of wrath the vials in this time of judgment <clears throat> let me read this to you and I looked and behold verse 8 and the pale horse in his name that said unto him was death and Hades followed with him and the power was given unto them over one-fourth part of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and with a beast of the earth. One-fourth now. From Noah to 1800, it took that much time for the earth's population to have its first billion people. From 1800 to 1930, second billion. 1930 to 1960, Third billion. If you know how multiplication happens, this is how it happens. From 1960 to 1975, the fourth billion. By the way, you can get online and check these. From 1975 to 85, fifth billion, 88, fifth billion. 88 to 2000, sixth billion billion. 2017, the world's current population is a little over 2.5 billion, excuse me, 7.5 billion. If this seal opened today, and it says one-fourth part of the earth population, that would be 1.88 billion people. I didn't do the math on this. I'm taking math from an article. 1.88 billion people. You couldn't bury them. You couldn't burn them fast enough. You couldn't get rid of the carnage. The corpse. One seal. If you're familiar with the book of Revelations, let me just give you this one. I'm going to give you another one if one fourth of the population went down 1.88 billion and if you go here what is it the fourth trumpet or fifth trumpet? Sixth trumpet verse 15 Revelation chapter 9 verse 15 and the four angels were loosed who were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year to slay the third part of men. You've already got a quarter of them gone. Population, seven year period you're kicking up the gear, I mean it's getting worse, it's not going to get better, in fact Jesus told in this Olivet Discourse, unless these days were shortened, there would be no flesh saved, nobody would make it through this time of my judgment. So you've got a fourth already gone, so a third of what's left would be 1.85 billion people killed. God's not running a bluff, He's got a track record when He told Noah, Tell them I'm going to judge it. It's going to be a flood. And they mocked him then, and he judged it. He sent a prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, Obadiah. You look at all these prophets. And they warned that God was going to judge his people, Israel. And they didn't believe him, and he judged them. Seventy years left desolate, taken to a foreign land. How many of you know the nation of Israel has been judged hard? Joyce and I are reading a book right now called The Temple. It's one of the henty books, and I don't know if you read those kind of things. And as we read it, we say, it's amazing there's even one Jew left on the planet today. They have been persecuted and killed. Oh, if they would have only believed those prophets, they could have avoided all of that. But they didn't. He's just not running a bluff. We don't, I'm thinking, what, what am I doing? What a sermon to conclude on. Let's all go home depressed. <laughs> I mean, God's going to judge the world, but you agree with that. It's not going to get better. No roses and rainbows. It's coming to an end, a head-on collision with God. And man after them trumpets, them bowls and vials. Now, scrap the notes. Go with me to, I got to end on a better note than this. 1 Thessalonians, would you turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4. In fact, maybe even chapter 1, verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven who raised Jesus from the dead, even Jesus who delivered us from the wrath to come. Say amen to that. See, this world is going to come under God's wrath. You say, well, good night. Isn't God's wrath at work today? Look at all the Christians that are being persecuted. Can I tell you the persecution of a Christian is not the wrath of God? That is the work at the hands of evil men. And that is a picnic in comparison to the wrath of God. You want a good study? Study the wrath of God. He is righteous. He's not in a rage. Oh, don't see God in a rage. He's not a ra- this is righteous indignation that he has warned and warned and warned and pled with and sent prophets and preached. Help us to turn from our sin to avoid this. Knowing we would not. Knowing he's got to judge someday. Well, let me give you this. First, Corinthians, first Thessalonians chapter 4, about verse 13. But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them who are asleep, you sorrow not, even though those who have no hope. <laughs> For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also who sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For I say unto you by the word of the Lord, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, no, excuse me, for this is seemed by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds and meet the Lord, and that's not it either, shall not precede them who are asleep. I'm getting ahead of myself because I want to get over here to chapter 5. The coming of the Lord shall not precede them who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall ascend with heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive, somebody's going to be alive during this time, should be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words, but of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly the day of the Lord, so come like a thief in the night. For when they shall say unto you, Peace and safety. Can I tell you something? If you ever hear a League of Nations and the UN and they want to make a peace, I've heard they've been trying to come up with a peace deal with Israel forever. When they do, <laughs> look up, for when they shall say unto you, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, so that they should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor the darkness. Therefore let us cast, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be so reminded, for they that sleep, sleep in the night, they that are drunk or drunk in the night, that let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, for in helmet the hope of salvation, for God hath not appointed us, church, Thessalonica, the church worldwide. He hath not appointed us under wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe, we, uh, it took me a long time to come to this position, but I grow more and more confident. We ain't going to be here. If you know Jesus, you want to escape the judgment, the wrath, know Jesus before it starts. And you're going to be caught up together to meet the Lord. Revelation chapter 3, your church, church, church. You don't hear about the church until the, all that stuff in Revelation take place. And then at the end, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Ain't going to be here. You get to escape? Why? I'm not a child of His wrath. Why? I'm part of the bride, and God is not into spouse abuse. He is not going to mistreat His bride. He ain't going to do her. Whew. You see, but I don't agree with you. Well, I hope you're wrong. And there's all kinds of positions on this, and I've read them all and studied them all, and didn't know where I was at for a whole long. for la! Until I came to rest on this wrath business. God ain't going to put us through His wrath. He put his son through that wrath so that I could escape the wrath of God. I am saved from the wrath. Hmm. Well, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkle of eye, the last trumpet, and the trumpet shall sound. Boy, would that be a climax to a sermon, would it? preaching away, he's going to (laughs) come, I told (laughs) you, we laugh about that, but you know that's going to happen one of these days, (laughs) well, what I tried to say with all of this (laughs) fragmented disjointed sermon, was God give us more of Daniel's heart for the lost, he was so burdened, he would grow nauseous and get sick at the thought of anyone. I wouldn't want my worst enemy to go through the wrath of God and the judgment of hell. You know what hell is? It's the perfection of God's justice. You know what heaven is? The perfection of his mercy. I even know that God is a perfect God. Without fo- Let me give you the verse He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. God of truth, without iniquity, just and right is he. We can't lay claim to perfection, but our God can. He doesn't do things fair, he does them right. There's a difference. If he was fair, we'd all go to hell. Would you agree with that? But he does things right and just. Well, would you stand with me? (laughs) It'll be an interesting ride home as my wife critiques this sermon, okay? (laughs) And I can take her critiques because she loves me. (laughs) She says, honey, I know it's kind of... You were like a loose cannon on deck tonight, okay? Oh, Lord, help us. (laughs) We don't know where else to go. You have said to come to the throne of grace, and we come boldly, not brass or brazen, but just confident that we have position before your throne. And ask you to have mercy upon us, God. And our... You remember our frame that we are but dust. When we are at our best, we are altogether vanity. But we come to you as your children believers and ask you, God, to give us more of your heart for the lost. Intensify our prayers for the lost more and more. That we would pray always that all men everywhere, that they might be saved. God, help us to be ready, a ready witness to speak a word. Not to miss the opportunities you give us to be more godly, to be more spiritually minded. Help us. Paul said the hour was late 2,000 years ago. It's later today. Give us some of that heart of Daniel, please. And we'll be careful to thank you for whatever you do because we know you do all things well. So we just ask this now in the blessed name of your Son, our Savior, the mighty God, the Lord Jesus. Amen.